Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Can I say something that I think is bullshit? During the fool agent? Yes, we sell out. He also told me he was on acid. Now you better wash that mic off. I was gonna fill it up with my own urine. Alcoholica. And I talked about digging a hole in a fucking dirt and smoking hash through the ground. Oh, I don't know, there's all kinds of shit. And shower filled with women. Sit your ass down, Lara. Shoot a pair of women's legs walking down the street. Eight women washing you down at once, you know? Come up here, Lars points to me. <laughs> And his skin is bubbling like on the Toxic Avenger. Boyfriends and dads looking for me. Ten minutes? Singing along, fucking along, doing this something the fuck along. Here we go! Yo, Duder, this is Bob O'Rourke from Chicago, Jeff and Shane's OG guest and ratings bar setter. And you're listening to him podcast for all. All right, then. Welcome back to the podcast for all. I'm Shane Obershaw. And I'm Jeff Winslow. Jeff, Metallica has not had a busy week, but tonight we have a busy, busy show tonight. Whew, bro. Yeah, there's a lot to be said. Um, you know, I, I think it's like that Willy Wonka quote, come on, hurry, there's so much to see in so little time. Violet, <laughs> Violet. <laughs> Everything from uh, our inbox is full, a little bit of hate train. Jump in the Fire trivia, check this out. Jump in the Fire is back. We are going to include the questions that the Dream Team trivia champions heard a couple weeks ago in San Francisco from Stefan Shirazi. That should be cool. Oh, yeah. Jump in the Fire is back, and those flames are golfing way over there and golfing over there. Golfing everywhere, Ricky. I mean, you just can't get enough of the golfing. We have an awesome guest tonight from the Welcome Home Colorado chapter. He's a friend of Matt Angeli and Rob Seeley, who sent him our way. Can't wait to talk to him. It's you love Colorado because you're always a mile high, Jeff. You know, the air is a little thin up there. I do like Colorado, it's fun, but the air is a little thin for me. I'm not gonna lie. 5,280 feet. It's it's I don't know why you don't live there because the air is too thin and it's winter time there. See, I I told you I want to live somewhere uh warm and flat so that's why the lowlands down south is perfect for me because it's flat right at sea level and it doesn't ever get too cold it doesn't snow i am living i'm back in sfo tonight it's kind of deja vu you know two weeks ago we were rocking out here when you come back to sfo on a work trip and there's no metallica it's it's just not the same it's it's gloomy it's is 40 it degrees it's cold as hell it's raining it's i'd take 40 right now though you would take 40. It's a little rough in your neck of the woods. It's, it, I'm pretty sure it's like four right now. Ooh, balmy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have new segments tonight brought to you by Mr. Jeff Winslow. Ever heard of him? I never heard of him. We're talking about 
cover songs. More on that uh, in a bit. In podcast for all, were you the fan? Drive the discussion. Choose the topics. Everything from your song that should not be. Does your memory remain? Name that low man's lyric and voting for all. Jump in the fire trivia. Your dream no more set list. Master of albums and finish the end of the line lyric. Did I miss anything in that laundry list of Babel? I think you've covered it all, man. Well, we're covering that and more tonight. This is also part three of three. Our final night talking about the 40th anniversary. Our guest from Welcome Home Colorado was there. I was there. And in conjunction with our merch friend, Larry Levine, and other friend, uh, Brian Silver from Chicago, we have some creative items for sale now. I like creative stuff. One for each of us. Did I sing that in key? I think that was close enough, yeah. Close enough? We can, we can auto-tune you in post-production. I know that song is hard to sing live since James struggled with it, but I think I was in the ballpark. I think you were actually closer than he was. All right, one for each of us. The Lords of Merch are proud to bring you the first product of many in our soon-to-be-released full limited series. This line of fan-fueled, history-inspired tribute products commemorate and celebrate the stunning 40-year career of the world's heaviest band. Basically, we have joined up to bring all of you a fixer pin. The fixer has four X's in it and commemorate their live debut of a song we've waited 24 years to finally hear. That is pretty dang cool, and I think it's so ingenious putting the extra X in there for the 40 years. It looks perfect. We had fun with it. I was literally driving like a couple days after the 40th when I finally got home. I thought, there needs to be like a trophy or a pin or a poster or a flyer. You know, We need to get our hands on something that says, whether you were one of the lucky 18,000 that were at the chase or watched it live via the live stream, you're, you're going to have to get one. Put it on your mantle. Put it on your wall. Put it on Jeff's dashboard. You got to have a pin <laughs> and jab it in. Yeah. If you have you know a nifty a vest like James wears, because I know a lot of people, they like to make their own vest. Inspiration of James's. Throw that pin on there. It'll look super badass. Heavy metal. In conjunction with the pin, there's also a, you know what a mixed tile is, kind of a stand-up picture. Yeah, yep. Along with the pin that the three of us brainstormed, you can also get a stand-up. I also call it like a mixed tile, and it's a uh, shot of the stage during Fixer with Fixer all over the video screens. And get this, it's kind of that styrofoam backing, so you can actually jab your Fixer pin into that. And if you have a voodoo doll, you can stab that with an extra long (laughs) pin into there. (laughs) Hey, it was fun creating with these guys. It's going to be available very soon. By the time you hear this episode, you've seen it on our socials, seen it on the on the gram, and going to be on the gram. Going to be fun to get out to people. The pin is seventeen dollars. It's it's a high priced quality pin, and let's be honest, we had to jack the price up to pay Jeff Winslow's podcast salary. Hey, man, someone's got to pay it. It's hard being on top of Mount Made It. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that episode, wasn't it? He was talking about, J-Rock was talking about, you know, when he finally made it in his rap career, he's like, you know, I'm up here on Mount Made It, and y'all are down there in Whack Valley. Whack Valley. (laughs) Is that when his rap group was called The Rock Pile? 
Yeah, I think so. Oh, good old Trailer Park Boys. I hear the hate train coming down the tracks, Jeff. It's a very short message tonight. You ready for this? Yeah, I think so. Remember Brian Silver? We called him last week, Bitch Brian. Uh Uh-oh. See? I knew it. You knew it was coming. He says, good evening, gentlemen. And I quote, go fuck yourselves. (laughs) Sincerely, Bitch Brian. P.S. The painting you were talking about went for $5.5 million at Christie's. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I pulled up the video clip. I sent it to you. I In know. the movie, it sells for $5 million. Five, so he's off by a half a mil. I mean, unless the bidding continued after they stopped filming, but they said that it was it was sold at $5 million. I was going to give him a golf clap, but not now. He told me. Michel Basquiat showing on the screen there on my right. All right, here we go. He struck my friend at 900000 at $1 million. One, nine, $2 million. <laughs> When you're off by 500,000, I think you're still a bitch. I, yeah, I was going to give him a golf clap for the go fuck yourself. I'm, I'm proud of him for that, but man... Ain't my bitch Brian. <laughs> Short hate train. We got a lot of good mail this week. Even from Chris, even from Chris Clark, he corrected us and said he's not 9'9", nine, nine, he's 9'8", and he'll send oh. you and I some Advil so our necks aren't so sore from looking up at him. I swear. See, now he's on Mount Made It. And we also talked about having him for security. He said he wanted to know what kind of salary you are looking at paying for him. Who needs the most help? My assumption is Jeff needs it more than Shane. However, I don't know if watching so much UFC and fights has rubbed off on Jeff and can handle himself. <laughs> wow. He's been listening. I, I don't know. Who, who would need a bodyguard more? I don't know. Uh, he said, maybe someday I will meet the mighty Jeff. He was in the Atlanta airport and didn't contact me and then decides not to go to San Francisco. He might be the easy security since he doesn't travel to see the band. I need to be paid salary and not by the hour. In Jeff's case, love Chris. Oh, man, that is great. <laughs> You're just getting well, it from all angles, bud. I guess I am. Well, you know what? I don't know if I can afford your salary, Chris, but why don't you go ahead, throw me a quote, and maybe maybe you have a friend that can be Shane's bodyguard as well. I think we both need one. Or maybe he's tall enough for both of us. I mean, I think when you're 9'9", nine, nine, you can pull double duty. Sorry, nine. I mean, Shane and I aren't that tall. I'm five eleven, so I'm not even that tall. We're little people, to put it politically correct. <laughs> little people. Little people. Vertically challenged. Remember Seth Magnetic? I do. He wrote in and said, "So you all were talking on the new episode about the Greeny replica, and apparently it's not a replication. The other one is Greeny's sister because it was produced in sequence right after Greeny was built." which honestly makes it a lot cooler for me. The more you know, sincerely, Seth. I didn't know that. Hashtag, the more you know. See, it makes sense. I had a feeling that a Kirk Hammett signature, Peter Green signature, Les Paul, was kind of <laughs> kind of far-fetched, but you never know. You just you never know nowadays. Did you know that there was a sister to it, like the same year? No, I, I did not. And the fact that he said that, you know, it makes it cooler for him. I think it almost makes it cooler for me now, too, because it's it's like the underdog one. It's the one that not many people know about. Well, now everybody knows about it, but. So I take back what we said last week. There might not be 
There might not be a replica or signature. There might not be. There definitely might not be. I mean. So there won't be one for each of us. No, but you know what? Maybe if they decide to do like a limited Les Paul custom run, black on black, EMGs, Kirk Hammett, little signature, like what they do is you, you get the black back pa- back plate for the Les Paul, and then he signs it with a black marker. So his signature is there, but it's not like, bam, you know what I mean? Keep it all murdered out. I like what you're onto. So if you're saving up that 15 grand for what you thought was a greenie signature, just go buy some fixer push one pin club pins and we'll be just fair. Send buy 15 grand worth and send them to everybody, you know, random jab, another greenie in my bank account. Hey, see some people have the money. What do you want to talk about tonight, dude? What, before we go to the mile high city, do you have anything else after that nine minutes? Wow, we're only at we're already at eleven minutes of babble. Man, you know, I feel like we could just keep rambling on, but with how much we have to talk about tonight, I feel like we should just jump into it and get into the meat and potatoes. We have a lot to chat about. That's what happens when Metallica gets downtime. You and I get too many ideas and then we have to cram it into ninety minutes. Exactly. Exactly. Are you high right now? Not as high as our guest is. Okay. Run a year analysis on them. <laughs> Come be a guest on a podcast for all. Submit your urine sample to in podcast for all at gmail.com to be screened. To be screened. You know, real quick before we go into it, I did <laughs> see something wacky on the internet. Oh, you're already getting this. into our free speech for the dumb section? Yeah, I feel like I should jump into that. I saw something that uh just really blew my mind. I didn't know this was a thing. I was so just this, scrolling. So- so this is our free speech for the dumbest thing you've seen on the internet this week. Uh, definitely might be one of the dumbest things I've seen for sure. Okay. What do you um, So of course, you know, as our, our guest even knows, um, I'm really into a lot of the fighting stuff. So I'm scrolling through a video and there is a new fighting league where people fight in a phone booth. Like one of those red phone Old booths that you would see. Bell. In, yeah, like one of the old school red ones from that, like you'd see on like a London street in the 60s. Sorry. And they get inside a phone booth and they start going at it. They like just full on fighting. And these are professionals? I don't know, but it's it's kind of weird. I mean, think about it. Who goes into a phone booth and starts punching people? Well, you go into a phone <laughs> booth to make out, not have a cage fight. Not to have a cage fight, exactly. I thought it was a little bit ridiculous. And when I saw that, my first thought was, this might be one of the dumbest things I've seen on the internet this week. That's I have terrible. other things that I've seen too, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make anybody angry. They might, you know, cross That's some. Terrible. I said Packard Bell as a, as a phone company, but Packard Bell is a computer company. What's the Bell phone company? And Bell. Is it just Bell? I think it was just Bell. I'll have to get back to that. That shows you how long it's been. Alexander Graham Bell, I believe. I think you're onto something. That shows you how long it's been since I've thrown a quarter in a payphone. We were watching a movie from the 90s, me and my kids, and they were using a payphone, and they literally said, what's that? Are you kidding me? They used to have phones just out in the middle of the road like that? (laughs) Before I got my phone, and I was back in the grade school days, I would go out for the night, and literally my folks would say, do you have a quarter on you? Make sure that you go to that payphone and call them. Make sure you got that quarter just in case you have to call. And it was normal back then. Think about that now, how ridiculous that sounds. You got a quarter on you? 
Yeah, make sure you have a quarter. Make sure you have two quarters, one for the bus and one for the payphone. My free speech for the dumb revolves around Metallica. Surprise, surprise. Oh wow! But is it? It's something dumb. It's a quote from D. Snyder back when Metallica opened up for Twisted. Oh boy, I think I might know where this is going. <laughs> D says we got to a small town in Holland and were surprised to see a poster billing Metallica above us. I said to my tour manager, "Quote: Metallica are clearly the headliner." Go and tell them we'll open up for them tonight. My tour manager came back and told me they said no. They seemed somewhat suspicious. Eventually, I convinced Metallica that it wasn't a trick, and that night I got to watch their show. I remember saying to someone, this is his dumb quote, these guys have got a lot of heart, but they're never going to go anywhere. Never going to go anywhere. And where's D. Snyder now? And where's So much James for Hetfield? what I know, he said. I thought Metallica were too heavy, and there was no way society would ever catch up with that. <laughs> D. Snyder, I like you, but that was the free speech for the dumb quote of the week. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> quote, I like it. Free speech for the dumb quote. Quote, so quote or something you've seen on the internet. It's just anything. I mean, everything we see nowadays is on the internet. <sighs> I'm getting high just thinking about going to Colorado. We got to bring our guest in because he's in our virtual green room. Probably ordered 30 fixer pins by now, and we got to get to the show. Hey, maybe he might have even ordered himself some wings while he was waiting. True. Now I'm hungry. I'm always hungry. All right, dude. Off to Denver, Colorado, season six, episode 13 from the Welcome Home Colorado chapter. Please welcome Mr. Eric. Escadero. What's up, Eric? Hey, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, thanks for joining us, man. Are, uh, Eric, are you high as well right now? I'm high in elevation. Okay. That, that is true. That is true. But I, uh, no other substances Figuratively uh, are in my bloodstream at the moment. At the moment. That's good. Is your house, Eric, at 5,280 feet or, or higher? I think I'm actually higher. I'm in kind of the western suburbs of Denver. My Across my fence is actually Denver, uh, and I'm on the opposite side of it. So I'm in a uh, a suburb called Lakewood, Colorado, which is I live five feet from the Denver border. So I tell people my zip code's Denver, but I think I'm actually somewhere around five thousand two hundred and ninety-seven feet. Okay, are you, are you are you okay up there? Can you breathe? Do you need me to uh, <laughs> DHL you an oxygen tank? I don't need that, Jeff, and I don't need mouth-to-mouth. I don't care what you say. Hey, I was going to send Shane, you know, since he's a pilot, he's probably certified in CPR. Oh, no. Okay. that That's flight attendant work. I, I don't get out of my seat for that shit. <laughs> that's for the peasants? Yeah, that's for the peasants. I don't want to ruin my window view. Let them worry about it. He might ruin his tie if he, you know, does too much there. Oh, once that door is closed, that tie's off, buddy. The more you know. Eric's in that area towards on the west side of Denver where the hills roll way up to that high elevation. He's he's climbing the hills on the west side there. Well, the funny thing about people who don't know anything about Colorado besides what they might uh, just hear or watch on TV is everyone I talk to who's not from Colorado and doesn't visit here very often, they think it's like the North Pole here. They think it snows here like every day and there's like 10 feet of snow. No, that's where I'm at. Uh, yeah, it probably is, Jeff. It probably <laughs> is. Uh, but in Denver, it's pretty mild. We actually have more sunny days than Florida. You have to actually go up to the ski resorts to get the snow every day. 
to get the heavy stuff. But I tell people, you know, if people want to think we're tougher or whatever, you know, because I, I, we live in this this North Pole type environment, I'm like, fine, you know, whatever. Hey, I completely understand that. Every time I think of high elevations and people mentioning oxygen, I think of Lars running around the snake pit singing, am I evil? And at the end, he's like, oh, shit, I need some oxygen. <laughs> See, and he wasn't even playing guitar while doing that. He was just running around like a madman. Eric, what do you do for a living in the uh, DIA area? Well, I'm a, uh, I do communications. I do PR for uh, the local government. So I'm, I'm, I'm really risking a lot here going on this controversial podcast. But I think, Absolutely. I think, I think uh, uh, we'll be all right with you two gentlemen. I think we'll be fine. We'll keep it low on the controversy tonight. Oh, that's all right. Uh, you know, I can, I think I can handle it. But uh, you know, it, it, anytime I have a chance to talk about the greatest band of all time in any music genre in the history of music, yes, sir, and talk to fans who a lot of them every time I go to shows around the country, I meet them. Some of the most passionate, dedicated, awesome people there is, and I know how many of them listen to you guys' podcast. I was very excited to do that. So it's cool to talk to you guys. It's cool to talk to your listeners uh, and uh, break down maybe a little bit about what uh, you guys saw at the 40th and what I got to experience as well. Well, again, Eric, thanks for being here. What was This is part three of three, by the way. This is the final week we're babbling about the 40th. What was, what was your whole takeaway from the weekend? Good, bad, ugly, or outstanding? I thought it was as good as it could get. I think anytime you go into something like this, Think about, you know, the expectations and, you know, and the uncertainties of what we were going to see, what we were going to hear. And, yeah, there were some things I wish would have happened. But all in all, it was an incredible couple of days, an incredible couple of concerts. Loved the passion I saw from the true Metallica fans who travel out there. Loved the set list. Was just thrilled with the set list. Um, I mean, really, the only thing that really sucked the entire weekend was the dj and the guy who i think might was was he a comedian i don't know but uh you know what it did it was more of a host (laughs) yeah yeah so it just made metallica even better like it's a new concept metallica are game changers they always think of things they're brilliant people obviously brilliant business people and the idea is i think maybe if you have the worst possible opener it makes whatever you do seem awesome, but I think it was awesome anyway. So I think it was actually another brilliant move by Lars. That's actually a very good take on it. <laughs> Jeff, you're lucky that the Del Rey and DJ Lord were not on the live stream, or you might not even made it to uh, hit the lights. See, that's why they didn't do it. See, they're businessmen. It's exactly what Eric said. They, they know what they're doing. Eric's on to something. When he's in PR, especially a PR guy, he knows what's good and what's a complete failure. And I think he's he's on to something. He called it. Yep. Well, I tell you what, my my eyes were, were witness uh, and my ears were witness as well. But uh, uh, you know what? It was all worth setting through that nightmare of DJ and guy who's comedian to uh, <laughs> see one of the most... Uh, you know, awesome shows you could possibly see. You know, we got, everyone was there got to see history, and that's pretty cool, especially with such a historic band like Metallica. We had a vote last week, Eric, on our and voting for all 
Uh, if you could pick between night one and night two set list, which way are you swinging? I think I'm going to go one. I think I'm going to go one. Um, night one. Night two was great. There's no diminishing on night two. Just, you know, it's, night two was, she was first runner up. If night one can't perform, she wears the sash and goes in and wants the, <laughs> you know, but uh, night one, I mean, when you think about, uh, you know, when, when they throw a trapped under ice, you know, just like that's how they kind of get things going early in the set list. That's basically you're laying down the gauntlet. That's setting a quite a tone. You don't have to tell me that. Yeah. And so and then, um, you know, shortest straw, obviously, another just one that just knocks you in the jaw. And then all of a sudden here comes Fixer, even though I don't think it was a huge surprise because I was hearing every single diehard Metallica fan in the world talking about Fixer. I was like Lars had to hear this, and he's probably they're probably going to do it, um, and you know, and other things like day that never comes, and then just for my friend Rob here in Colorado, spit out the bone just because the poor guy had never actually seen it live, even though he's been to every, I mean, been to more Metallica concerts than just about anybody. Right. And finally played it when he was there, and you took a great video of it, Shane. Yeah, I was right next to him when that kicked in, and. It was funny because he came over and gave me a huge hug and like congratulated me for trapped under ice and then spit happens. I'm like, this is night one was meant to be. This is pretty cool. The Metallica family love. It happened right in front of our eyes. I thought when you guys started making out though, I thought that was a little too far. I just really thought maybe Whoa, don't tell the listeners that. that. This is a PR failure right now. Darn it. (laughs) See, we were trying to keep it PG this evening. Jeff, I like how he referred to the night and the set list as her. The set list is now a she. Hey, that's that's a good way of putting it. That's a first on a podcast for all. It is. There's always first. It's like, like a that. ship. You know, you name it like a ship, you know? I mean. Or a car. The Cornelius Marie. <laughs> the SS Minnow Johnson. <laughs> the four X's. Grab a pin. <laughs> Anyways. Eric, how long have you been a Metallica fan? Well, I think I I kind I got it probably when I was seventh grade, which is a long time ago. But I truly feel like uh, my real fanhood hit a whole different level when I saw my first ever Metallica show, mm-hmm. and that was on September nineteenth, nineteen ninety two, at nice. Old Mile High Stadium, the stadium that where the Bronco Denver Broncos used to play before they tore it down. The Old Mile High, the OG. The OG, I guess. I don't know if I've heard it called that, but I'll trust you on that. It's uh, and that show um, was the Guns N' Roses tour, obviously, and Body Count also played that show. Nice tea. Yeah, and it was it was very. Uh, there was well, first of all, I, I grew up in a really small rural place. My high school graduating class was twenty four. It's one of those places where you feel like you accomplish something if you find a prom date that's not your cousin. That's how small it is. <laughs> So I didn't get a chance to go to concerts. That's I didn't get classic. a chance to see live music, uh, those type of things. And so when I moved to the big city and I got a chance to see live music, you know, the first show I ever saw, um, it's actually before I moved here, it just came with a friend, was the Metallica show with Guns N' Roses. And it also was a notable show because, A, uh, it was during a lot of strife in society and uh, Body Count played Cop Killer and said some bad things to cops. Yeah. And then that was followed by, you know, Metallica just blowing my face off and being everything I hoped they would be and more. And then that was followed by Axl Rose throwing the biggest temper tantrum maybe in rock history 
walking off the stage again and the the famous concert promoter a lot of people know of who are listening to this in colorado a guy named barry Fay. he's the guy who brought the beatles and he's a legend um he literally called the limo driver and told the limo driver this is the story i've heard you work for me turn that effing limo around throw his ass out of the car back at the at the venue wow. or you're fired and guess what happened to axel rose well, he was out of that car and back of the video, and Axel Rose came back on stage. Wow. So it, there was a cool. lot of interesting things happening at that show, my first ever show, my first ever experience to live music. And uh, um, it, it kind of set me on the path where I am now, where I've become, just like probably most of your listens, listeners, obsessed with Metallica. Yeah, that makes a few of us. Body count on the bill, Jeff. Picture that. I would love to see that. They're still rocking it now. I know, but when you think of the guns... Metallica tour, you think of Faith No More. You don't really think of Ice. You don't tea. think about it. Yeah, exactly. And Cop Killer at the time, and that was, like Eric said, some of the times we're living right now, that was right around like Rodney King, wasn't it, Eric? I think so, and that's why there was just more tension. Mm-hmm. And I just remember sitting there, and I, I didn't have the greatest seat. I think I was kind of side stage, upper level, and the, there was more than 60,000 people. Every seat was full, and he... He, he, he criticized the police, and then he said, I'm going to sing a song. And I remember him singing it, and I felt bad for the police because they were kind of looking around. They were nervous because people were sure. giving them bad looks. Um, but we got through that, and then you know, the Metallica took the stage. And it just was, uh, I think, the first song they played, first Metallica live song I ever heard, uh, they opened with Creeping Death at that show. Nice. And once again, if you're going to set the tone for an evening – like, I'm a big believer in, like, uh, you know, throw the first punch. I mean, throw a haymaker, <laughs> and they threw a haymaker with Creeping Death. And then they played my favorite ever Metallica song, still to this day. People will go, what? That's your favorite song? Harvester of Sorrow is my favorite Metallica song of all time. I wow. love that song. And it was the second song I ever heard, followed by Thanatarium. So that was, like, the three. Sure. And then in that show, they did two encores and played 20 songs. Gosh, I miss the days when Metallica would play 20 songs at one concert. And, and, <laughs> Those were the uh, days. Yeah. And uh, and in the second encore, they played Last Caress and Am I Evil as the second encore. So, uh, so it just was, I mean, they set me up to see this band. So Harvester and a double encore of Caress and Evil for your first show. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad for your first time. Let's put it this way. No. If I was lo- losing my, my Metallica virginity, she was a supermodel that night. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way of putting it. I need, I like these female, uh, what am I trying to say? The set list was He's a trying she. to say he. I need like a mistress name for like trapped under ice, Jeff. Is that my mistress Ooh, or my white I'm... whale? Yeah, like uh, your great, your I can't talk. It's like your great white buffalo. You're high. Great white buffalo. Great white buffalo. Like what? What can you name my set list, guys? Because I got trapped, fixer and bread fan. Basically, my dream no more set list was was half there, right in front of me. What? What could I name her? Hmm. I'll let you think. Oh, see, I'm I'm knocking into shit. I I don't know, man. That's that's a tough one. I'll let you think about this. I'm going to ask you when we wrap up the episode. Eight hours from right now. Eight hours. Well, yes. better get moving. Eric, your favorite song's Harvester, so you were happy with a slot during night two. Yeah, I was. I knew. I figured. I hoped. 
that Harvester was going to get included in the all-time Metallica set list as they take us through the years. So um, I just love how it just, that raw power of that song. And and Justice was kind of where, before I saw Metallica live, where I was old enough to when I really started appreciating the different differences in metal bands, you know, and just like every other kid at home uh, at that age, when MTV starts throwing on the one video and you start listening to that, you you start listening to the album. That song was special to me, and it's funny because I've listened to it a million times. There's some Metallica songs like I honestly I struggle listening to Inner Sandman anymore, but uh, there's some Metallica songs still just are awesome to me, and that's one of those songs. So it was great. It was included in the uh, the set list. So Harvester is your favorite song. Let's flip it the other way around. What is your least favorite song? What is the song that should not be if you had to choose one? Oh, jeez. Uh, Putting you on the spot, man. Yeah, you are, Jeff. That's It's, it's a tough question because I love the band so much. Um, I just a loaded I, Honestly, I'm just so tired. And I, it's, it's a great song. It's not that it's a bad song. I would be cool if I never heard Inner Sandman again. And that's yes. a horrible thing. That's a horrible thing for a lot of people. You get a golf at the, clap. At the 40th anniversary show, it's Terrible. funny because I love seeing the different generations of Metallica fans. And at one point, there was this younger guy next to me uh, and his girlfriend. And uh, he's looking over because I knew a little bit of the set list before because things I've been reading. And uh, he's like, I just can't wait for Inner Sandman. Wow. And it reminded me that... There's different fans out there. There is people that obviously are there to hear that song. I get it, and I'm not ripping on them, but I'm sure of all the listeners that listen to our show, if we said, hey, why don't you write in and tell us if you would be all right with never hearing Enter Sandman again live, and I... I have a feeling a good majority of them would probably be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with Eric. I don't need to hear that song live anymore. It's been played enough times. Exit Eric Escadero. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the exiting name of the with you. Triple I'm e, baby. With you. Triple E. <laughs> Triple E. <laughs> Eric, I got to throw a stipulation in. We all, we've always said a couple of weeks ago or months ago, we said no St. Anger, no Lulu. Now with you, since both of you are a mile high, there's a stipulation of no no enter Sandman. I need one more song from you that should not be. Shane just does not like it when people pick Enter Sandman or me <laughs> when I pick it. <laughs> Jeff, you're not allowed to say those two words anymore. <laughs> you just have to refer to it as the the nightmare song. I want people to write in. Tell us how you really feel about Sandman. Flood our inbox with messages. One of the biggest rock songs in the history of the world, and you're not allowed to say it anymore. And I would be totally okay if I never heard <laughs> Welcome to the Jungle ever again either. I'll second that. <laughs> see you see what I mean? Like, Sandman is the metal version of Welcome to the Jungle. Axel Pose. I, I guess maybe Ronnie? I don't know. Ronnie! <laughs> 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 Poor Ron. <laughs> Poor Krista. <laughs> uh, doesn't she love Ronnie? Enter Sand Ronnie. Sand Ron. Enter Ronnie Man. <laughs> yep, it's just going to be now from now on, Enter Ron Man. Ron Man. Oh, man. What a segment already. I know, things are getting out of hand here. We need to, we need to get it back together here. 
you guys thought you were going to have a taunt tame show with the PR guy you brought on, didn't you? We did. We thought this guy's going to behave. He's going to be. He's going to be well mannered. He's he's going to be politically correct. And then he said, "Enter Ronnie, man," and the show just fucking derailed. Yeah, you bring in Ron, and pff, we're wow. all done now. I need to make some Ron merch. Dude, I think it would be great. We could just get some. We need Lloyd. to get a shirt that says "Atfa" on the back and on the front, Ron. We we'll get one that says Lloyd, <laughs> and then we'll get one that says Dave. With, and say, with, and, with, with the U-Haul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Redhead silhouette and a box truck. And, Larry Levine, are you listening? <laughs> and and it'll say Atfa on the back. There'll be a limited run until I don't think Lloyd or Ron will shut us down, but I think Dave might shut us down. But it'll be <laughs> it would be good publicity. Eric, what other fun stuff did you do during the 40th weekend rather than hate on Sandman? <laughs> Yeah, really, I didn't go do stand in line to get the book signed like a lot of my friends did. Mm-hmm. Um, I I didn't go get any uh, uh, blackened whiskey signed. I didn't stand in line. I I felt I felt like I thought I should have. I didn't go volunteer for all within my hands, but uh, mm-hmm. a few late nights with buddies uh, made it a little tough to get up that early in the morning. <laughs> so I just I was. I didn't really take in the rest of the Metallica stuff. What I did was I experienced San Francisco. Nice. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to go have the best, uh, some of the best Italian food in America. And if you're going to do that, you go to North Beach in San Francisco. Nice. You get some better Italian food there than you get in actually Italy. So, uh, you know, I was all over that. I think I went there twice. Uh, did some bar hopping around uh, San Francisco. I also went over to the, uh, for your listeners who haven't been, to San Francisco, you got to go over to the Presidio, mm-hmm. and that view as you look up on the bridge is incredible. Uh, so it was more the touristy stuff, and then I just put my head in the Metallica, and then I went to the tribute show, uh, and so did that because I had to go see some of the tribute bands. Because as you guys know, with your experience and what you guys do, I love tribute bands. I love bands that pay Very their cool. homage to Metallica. So uh, that was my focus on it, and then just you know enjoying a truly historical show a successful weekend had by all two dynamite shows and and the touristy stuff i've i should have done more of the touristy stuff i'm kind of jealous i didn't because that weekend the weather was perfect and i ended up standing in those lines and by the end of the day you're fucking tired when you're 40 you can't stand in lines like you could when you were 19 at best buy your your dogs were barking my dogs were barking times 10, bro. I'm still feeling it. Oh. Oh, that feels good. Oh, God, I'm telling you. My dogs are barking today. <sighs> oh. <laughs> Did you find out, Eric, at the Presidio? Were you able to identify, like, some buildings there from some kind of monster, or is it tough? Uh, well, I've been there several times, so I don't, I don't even know. I didn't realize there's some buildings there from the video. I, I haven't watched the video in a long time, I guess. I need to do that. The initial recordings, I don't want to say record. the initial stuff before James went to rehab was down at the Presidio in those barracks. Yes, like some of their pre-production stuff. Yes, sorry. That's what I was trying to think of. Well, see, stuff. I knew they recorded, uh, um, I think, some of Load. Maybe reload, but I think some of load may it's one of the albums. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Was recorded in Sausalito at a studio called The Plants. Yes, you're correct. And so 
my college job, I have a little history in San Francisco. My dad used to live in San Francisco, so I used to fly out there in the summer and had a uh, you know college kid job where I worked at a fancy t-shirt and sweatshirt shop in Sausalito. Nice. And so I would hear stories about Metallica recording down the street. Uh, never went down and saw it or knew where it was. So that's as much as I know about their recording history in that area, but I didn't know about the some of the buildings. That's That's news to me, Shane. That's pretty cool. Yeah, pre-production, thanks for the term, Jeff, was, um, I can't think of the fucking song. Didn't they do, like, Temptation? Thank you. Temptation and then, like, the Boogeyman? Yeah, they did that weird, I think, yeah, it was that or Echo Chamber thingy that they had where Torben said, delete that. Yep. I've driven around there, but I could never pinpoint from you, you see the building for like three seconds when Zach's loading up that Penske truck, you know? Yeah, it, it's a I good could, thing. I, oh, go ahead. I could never tell exactly what the building it was in, but that's that's where that went down, some history in that little park there. It's it's an interesting area to make a little makeshift studio, and it's probably good that they went back to HQ because, I mean, you see the footage from the Presidio and it's, it's a very dark, like almost dungeon feeling kind of area. You know what I mean? You feel very isolated, even as the, as the viewer watching it. Temptation make you dead. That's where you get that dark vibe at. Oh, it was. That's where you get the unstock beat. That's exactly where that went down. I I hope Temptation is in the same anger box set. I would a, along with my Phil Toll post-it notes. I mean, all we have to do is wait two more years, and that's twenty-year anniversary. Do we get a box set then? I hope so. I was actually surprised how many. I have to get this title right. Madly in anger with Santa, ugly sweaters. I saw it the 40th. It was cool. That's good, though. I mean, I like I was saying, I think St. Anger might be making a little bit of a comeback. People, it's it's old enough now. You where said it's that kind a couple of, weeks ago. Yeah, it's kind of becoming a cult classic now. Temptation. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd love to man. hear the full mixed version of that song. know it's in the vault somewhere we're gonna hear it someday oh there's definitely more than what we are led to believe there is eric take a guess how many times you've seen the mighty metallica since september 19th of 92 i've seen him 27 times nice so I'm, I'm behind most of my uh diehard friends here in colorado no no no. i'm not quite up to their par but and the funny thing is i don't know the exact number uh i'd have to i don't have a spreadsheet or anything but um i I uh, I think I've probably, I've got 27, I've probably seen 13, 14 times in the last five years. Nice. So I really started tra- traveling around. catch up. Yeah. And, and I just, uh, the thing about it is you travel around, you know, I've seen them in Miami and I've seen them in the, all over the West Coast and so on, is I don't always judge it by the band and their performance that night. Sometimes the experience is completely the crowd. Uh, and what the energy that they bring. Uh, for example, when I saw Metallica in their last Miami show, and Miami is not a heavy metal town. It's it's just not. 
it, it wasn't even as I don't even know if the stadium was completely sold out. It was a lot of people there, and I was on the floor. And I had a select group group of I think they were a lot of fans who traveled from South America, uh, and a lot a lot of just South Beach Miami Latin fans, about three hundred of us, and the energy of that crew was as great as I've ever experienced at any show. Even though the rest of the crowd, the energy wasn't as good, and I had such a great time. Uh, when you meet those diehards like that uh, who bring it at a show. And I think the band senses that, and it really takes a show to the next level. You had that Latin, Mexico, South America energy that you cannot touch. You cannot touch. Yeah, well, it's like one of the things. Like on my uh, Metallica bucket list. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever did a Metallica bucket list episode. It's a good idea. But um, we, my bucket list item is I want to see Metallica in Buenos Aires, Argentina. I've seen video of metal shows down there and the the crowds. Oh my god. I mean, it's just a whole different level of energy and passion and I think I want to experience that one day. And so that's one of my Metallica bucket list items is I want to go see them in South America, but especially in Buenos Aires. I like that bucket list idea, Jeff. I think Mr. Eric just launched something for a season 7. We might have to make a Troy's bucket list. That all goes down segment. the drain when we go down Troy's bucket. <laughs> down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. That's all over the second we ride up Troy's bucket. Hey, you know, you could be a, a ghost writer for APFA. I, you know what? I, it's, it'd be the greatest job opportunity of my life. So thank you guys for the consideration. There's your PR answer. That's the PR guy just came out there. That was that was a proper answer. Jeff, we've received a ton of mail about what went down at Stefan Shirazi's Metallica Trivia two weekends ago in San Francisco. I would like for the next four weeks to go through all four rounds with our guests. What do you think about that? I think it's going to be interesting to see how well some of our guests do. This might chew up some time, but these are great, well-rounded questions. And when you've seen 27 shows since 1992, I think Eric's going to be just fine in this department. Some of them are a little difficult. Some of them are pretty straightforward. As we go through these, I will tell you the ones that the dream team of Shane Obershaw, Bob O'Rourke, and Jason Garkowski missed or struggled with. The dream team. Okay, if those guys are struggling, because I know those names, I think I've met a couple of them. If those guys are struggling with these, I'm going to get my butt kicked. But I look forward to taking on the challenge. Especially Shane Obershaw. What a fucker. Uh, I'm waiting. One of these weeks, we're going to be doing these questions, and the Bob signal is just going to pop in and answer the question before. (laughs) He's going to be like, oh, by the way, I know the answer to that question. (laughs) Oh, since I popped in here, here we are. Uh, Jeff, I'll take the odds. You take the evens. How's that sound? Sounds good. Eric, there's 15 questions. The last three are bonus questions. If you get over half of these right, uh, we're just going to call you a master, okay? I'm not the master of this, but I'm looking forward to trying. Give it a shot, guys. Throw hey, you know what? You got to be positive, man. Attitude is everything. You're wearing a welcome home shirt, so you're already halfway to being a master. Okay. Like Bon Jovi said, you're halfway there. But are you living on a prayer? <laughs> He's yeah. about to be here pretty soon. Yeah, I think so. 
All right, Eric, round one of Stefan Shirazi's So What trivia from SFO. We also call it Jump in the Fire. Question one. Ennio Morricone's Ecstasy of Gold is featured in which movie that opens up Metallica's set? It's the good, the bad, the ugly. You're batting a thousand. See? Starting with an easy one. That's like the that's like the softball. Here's the softball before we start throwing the 90-mile-an-hour fastball at you. That was the opening act like DJ Lord and Dean Del Rey. There's some people out there listening right now that are probably very offended by your comment that say, hey, you know what? Softball is a sport, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the WNBA. <laughs> oh, man. here, Fire up the hate train. Here we go. Fire up that train. That train's going to be rolling for an entire episode here soon. I swear. <laughs> All right. Question number two. What song has been played the most live? And I'm pretty sure we've covered this on an episode before. We have. Stefan copied us. I'm pretty sure it's Master of Puppets. You are still batting a thousand. Nicely done. And you thought that this was going to be difficult. Oh, just wait. <laughs> yeah, they're coming. I know they're coming. So as we're sitting there at the round table filling this out, we're like, oh, we got this. We got this. And then, uh-oh. <laughs> Hey, I'm just trying to keep his spirits high, that's all. He's going to be good. He's, dude, two for two, 13 to go. Eric, question three. The binge and purge live shit. For some reason, Stefan emphasized live shit. Box set features these three cities. What are they? Seattle, San Diego, and gosh, I haven't watched it in a long time. Is it Mexico City? You're still batting a 1,000. Golf so club. far, so good. Yep, golf clap. Uh, I, I, lo- I love the mic clap. I love the mic clap. Hey, last week it had to be a mic tap. It's still being tapped on the table because I'm on the road for the second week. On the road. road again. By the way, the last 60 days of my life, I have lived out of a roller bag in a Hilton. It's getting old. Hey, man, you chose this life. This life didn't choose you. <sighs> <laughs> This airline chose me to be very pissed off for the last 60 days, and I'm getting tired of it. Oh, man. Well, you know, got to pay the bill somehow. Remember in Ghostbusters when Bill Murray's shocking that patient? Oh, that is such a great scene. He's doing the shock. He's getting all the cards right, and the girl's getting them all wrong, but he's shocking the dude, and he's like, I'm getting a little tired of this. Yeah. Is Is that where you're at right now? You're getting shocked, and then your gum fell out? Every day I put on the uniform, I feel like I'm getting shocked. I'm spitting my gum out. Getting a little tired of this. I'm getting a little tired of this. You volunteered, didn't you? We're paying you, aren't we? Yeah, but I didn't know you were going to be giving me electric shocks. (laughs) All right, question number four. Instead of releasing a single or video in 1986 supporting Master of Puppets, Metallica embarked on a five-month summer tour supporting which artist? I believe it was uh, the, uh, uh, the Prince of Darkness, Ozzy Osbourne. Fozzy Osbourne, you got it correct. Fozzy, I love it. See, Eric, you are blazing through these. When you get half of them right, do you just want to quit and we'll just just go out yeah, on top? Yeah, that's great. That's okay. great. You should say coming up next next week, the next guest, we gets all the hard questions. And that's where it all of a sudden just cuts off and the episode is over. At question seven and a half, we'll cut it. <laughs> yeah. Seven perfect. and a half. <laughs> question five, Metallica embarked on a 300-plus date world tour in support of the Black Album. What was the tour called? I think you finally got me one. I don't remember. 
um, what was it called? It was called the. I think you, this is time for you to play the buzzer that that you'll put over this. Uh, the or the, the the Price is Right music, you know, when people lose. And it's dun dun dun. dun. Oh, yeah, but didn't you That's go true. to the show? Dun dun dun. I don't remember the name of it. It's just crazy. I don't remember the name of the tour, and I should remember it. And, and, and I even I already heard Jason talking about the tour recently when he was interviewed about the box set. So I even heard it recently. It's just uh, maybe it's old age creeping up on me. It was called the Ice Tea and Body Count for, and Body Count for All Tour. That's it. I knew it. I was just right at the tip of my tongue. Insert the Family Feud buzzer here. Oh, we're looking for the Wherever We May Roam tour. That's all right. That's all right. You're still in good shape. Oh, Question number six. He's <laughs> still got tons of IV fluid going into him. <laughs> Question number six. What is Metallica's shortest song? Clocking in at three minutes and eight seconds. Another in podcast for all question from many moons ago. Many, many moons. 308 on the running time, Eric. Which, when you're high in Denver, that's about nine minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, 308, what is it? I don't know. I don't know what it is. You'll have to give me this one as well. Any educated guesses? Any hints you'd like to give him, Mr. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. Uh, it's off the first three albums. <laughs> That's the only hint I'm going to give him. Okay, so it's off. It's off, It's probably off of Kill 'Em All. Um, Possibly. Not fire. It's not. Uh, it's a motor breath. I don't know. No, it's not some more than three minutes. Um, I don't know. You guys will just have to tell me. I feel like I want to give him a half a point, but I don't. I know because would Stefan give you a point, a half a point? He probably wouldn't. It would be either no, either point Stephen or no was point. A tough grader. It's like my second yeah. grade teacher saying, "Shane, you're going to repeat the year." I mean, I know this is AFA and we grade on a curve here, but <laughs> <laughs> no hard feelings. No hard feelings. I, I'm, I'm not looking for the uh, participation trophy. That's oh, not good. what Metallica fans do. That's no, they don't. You either you either win or you lose. I like That's it. That's exactly it. Well, then I guess we're going to give him the buzzer, and he's going to really be kicking himself in oh, the teeth for this one hurts. because you you said the answer. It was motor breath. Oh, oh, okay. So I said it. That's why we wanted to give you the half point, but then you're like, no, no, it's not that. You, you retracted your statement. Oh, so we yeah, were like, yeah. oh, do we give him the half point? Do we not? Uh, man. Life in the That's fast it. lane. Eh. Hey, but you said you, you didn't want a participation. You wanted it. Yeah. That's, boy, I, I should have just taken the wrong answer, said motor breath, and let you guys <laughs> buzz me if I was wrong. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Go, you know, like Lars said, you have to go with your gut here. Go with my gut. Yeah, but I like the fact that he wanted it straight up. He didn't want no gimmies. Oh, dude, when you're from, when you're from Lakewood, you don't fuck around. It's admiration right there. Yeah. All right, Eric, you might need your calculator for this one. This one, I will admit I struggled with, and Garkowski and O'Rourke got me back on track. Question seven. If you combine the Garage Days EP and the Cliff em All VHS, what is the exact change you would need at the checkout counter if you bought both? 
no one said there was going to be math questions. Okay, <laughs> that's where I that's where I draw the line. Hey, when that's Stefan just... said that question, I went, "Uh oh, I need a calculator," and you weren't allowed to bring your phone out, or you were disqualified. So it's so I understand the uh, the question. It's the cost of both of those basically combined. Is that what we're asking here? Correct. I'm, I'm as, guessing minus tax. As we're hinting that. here, both the Garage Days and the Cliff Mall have prices involved in their titles. Are we going with prices right rules where if you go over, you lose automatically? No. And if I was in a competition, it would be whoever has like a bit of dollar and I could win, or are we just going straight up who's the closest if we were all guessing right? We now? need an exact, exact change only vending machine if you were to get the Cliff Mall VHS and the Garage Days EP. $59.99. Jeffrey? Well, I have the answer in front of me, so... Oh, you fucking cheater. You gave me the answer. (laughs) You sent me the list of questions. The Garage Days EP in the title was uh, $5.98, and the Cliff Mall was something around $19 and change for a grand total of $25.96. Yeah, so I overbid. If, you know, even if we were going Price is Right rules. I price is Right. Wah, wah, wah. So I knew how much Garage Days was, but I never knew how much Cliff Mall on VHS it's was. Literally I, never, I never owned it on VHS. I only ever owned it on DVD. And when this question came up at the trivia competition the other night, someone screamed out, that's a bullshit question because the CD was nine ninety eight. It is kind of a tricky question. I think it's kind of a meh kind of question. Well, we're getting well, a little deep in the meat and potatoes here. It's starting to get a little stressful. I'm getting stressed right now, and I have the answers in front of me. Eric, how All many right. do you have? One, two, three, four. We're four for seven. Yeah, so I basically, I went from kicking ass <laughs> to now if this was a test, <laughs> like if I was in a college exam, uh, you know, I might be flunking out of college and going home and uh, working at the movie theater or something. Or being a PR guy. Hey, yeah, that's, that's true. That's all right. You know what? People need butter on their popcorn. That is true. All right. Question number eight. He's what is the one. What is the address of the Metalla Mansion in El Cerrito? Never been. I don't know. I've never been. I have friends who have been. Okay. I do not know. It's something Metallica way. Is it? Is that it? I don't even know. Can you imagine if they lived on Metallica Way? That would be amazing. Well, they should just rename the should. street. Yeah, they should rename yeah, it. They should. I think it's a, it's an outrage that it hasn't been. It, it is an outrage, but unfortunately, the answer we're looking for is 3132 Carlson Boulevard. Yeah, I'm just getting killed here, guys. I'm getting worried now. That's all right. That's I all right. We, I, wouldn't... I think we all need, gonna need that oxygen, Lars. I, I wouldn't have got question number seven. Question number nine. Lars and James met through which city magazine ad? I just read this about this the other day too. Um, oh, you've been studying, dude. You knew you were going to be on the show. Well, I just was. I just, you know, there was a lot of reminiscing going. He said, on. "I do my homework. It just doesn't work." It's going to work yeah. for him this time because he's going to get this. Well, I, 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 it was. I know they. Um, it all happened down in Los Angeles, but I don't know the name of the uh, thing. So. It was the Los Angeles. Give me the full. Give me the last part of the question again. It was the the type of journal, or what was it? I'm gonna take a guess. Try to get an educated guess. Here. It was like one of those city papers. Lars and James met through which city magazine ad? It wasn't the garbage, but <laughs> the the, uh, the Los Angeles, the L.A. Um, 
not garbage can, but the blank something bin. You guys are like trying. You guys are trying to help. They're like, come on, dude. We're like literally pulling your face to it's, the water. It's Let's the Metallica go, man. family, man. That's what we do. We we help out one another. See, I don't think people see the video of this. So I'm watching you guys' faces, and you're just like, tr- you're hoping. You're hoping. Like, come on. Yeah, no, we definitely don't release video. Too much time at the Presidio, and he wasn't studying in his hotel room like, yeah, like yeah. us morons. Yeah, the L.A. Um, I uh, I'll just call it the L.A. Um, it's not the L.A. Journal because that's too educated. It was something <laughs> too educated. Something. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. So we'll say L.A. Journal, even though I know it's wrong. We're looking for the recycler. Uh, it's okay, dude. When you're at five thousand two hundred ninety-seven feet, you can't think about that. No, you can't. He, he doesn't worry about recycling. I don't get it. I, I this, mean, I don't. I mean, <laughs> this next question. Uh, I had no idea what it was, and O'Rourke came through huge. All right. Is Bob going to pop in and answer it this time? Question number know. 10. Injustice for All lost out to this album during the 1989 Grammys for Best Hard Rock Metal Performance. Well, I know it was Jethro Tall. That's a half a point right there. I don't care what anyone else says. Yep. But I, don't, I do not know my Jethro Tall except... I know that and uh, neither do Jethro, I. It's one of the only bands I've ever heard in my life that a dude rocks out on a flute. On a flute, yeah. yeah. A skin flute? That's something. <laughs> it's it's not a pan flute. That's Zonfear. That's in the Karate Kid movies. Uh, so, that's true. That's that's uh, a great point. You know, it's probably I'm probably the first guest who ever mentioned Zonfear on this podcast. But, you are. Um, that's cool though. Yeah. Um, so. No, I don't. I don't know the name of the album. I, I'll take my half point because I know it's Jethro Tall, but that's about as much. It is Crest of the. Is, I always mess. Is it Nave or Nave? Nave. Nave. Yeah. I had no fucking clue. As soon as that question came out, I heard. I said Jethro Tall, and Jason and Bob were like, "No, the album." I'm like, "Who the fuck knows that?" Yeah, I was never a big Jethro Tall fan. I've heard a few songs by no. them. Never. Never got into them. I didn't dislike it by any means, but uh, just never really got into them. Question 11. Also a question I did not know. The real life... I mean, this is deep, deep, crazy knowledge. The real life name of the actor portraying the Sandman in the Enter Sandman video is... Are you a movie buff, Eric? Not that good of a movie buff. And that's not a movie buff. That's a video buff. Uh, so, True. No. I, but according I, I, to the Bob Signal, he knew this actor from 18 films yeah. he listed off, and I'm like, I've never I seen any. Say I have an no idea what you're from, talking about. From way back when. Were they films that had Boom Chicka Walk Walk in the background? <laughs> no, they were probably back when like Charlie Chaplin was alive. <laughs> they Black were silent white. films. Yeah. Was he Just... coming to fix my pool? I mean, I don't know. Um... <laughs> Did he have a big porn stash and, a, and an orange couch with plastic on it? Yeah. Uh, so, no. I mean, uh, kudos to Bob for being the movie buff. I oh, God. Not... He saved our no. tail with this answer. A man by the name of R.G. Armstrong. RG. I would like to ask Bob if he was, or next time you have him on, like, what is RG Armstrong doing now? Like, what? He's dead. He's dead. Oh, he died. Oh, no, I feel Well, bad. I mean, he was like 100 in that music video. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, that guy. Oh, I thought you were talking about the, uh, okay, never mind. Oh, did you think we were talking about, like, the little kid? Yeah, the kid. Oh, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. See, we didn't, we didn't specify it clear enough. 
he died in like 2012 because about a year ago I researched who he was to see if he wanted to come on a podcast for all and it was too late. See, and you should have remembered his name. You even searched him. I did, but when a year goes by, a lot of well, things then, leave your head, Jeff. Not only that, but there's pressure. There's pressure, pressure when you're when you're under competition. Maybe we'll get the semi truck driver from the Sandman video on the show. Or the little kid. Was that a Peterbilt or a Volvo? <laughs> Question number 12. When looking at the Garage Days EP cover from left to right, who is standing where in the shower? Not necessarily so. Just left to right as you look at the, the cover. I can't even remember when the time I looked at that. Um, it's like anymore. I don't look at stuff anymore because everything is digital. You know, right. everything is right. Right. online. It's like one of those, I, I, I'm old, it's one of those old guy things where, you know, I remember I used to open up an album and I would I would look, oh, just saying album uh, makes you mean you're old. Uh, but, you know, you, I would look at it, I'd look at the lyrics, I would, I would, you know, I'd be examining it, oh, I'd be staring at it, why I'd be listening to it. And now I just don't, I'm not looking, I, I mean, I see the front cover, so I, because I don't know this at all, so you say left, right, so I'm just going to totally guess, I know I'll get it wrong, because I've learned. It's better to guess and get it wrong and maybe get lucky. That's right, just like motor breath. Yeah, then just just say I don't know. Um, so I'm gonna go left to right and thinking about the tendencies of the members of the band. I'm gonna go uh, far left first. Number one is Jason. Uh, next to Jason would be uh, Lars, and then it, he would be followed by uh, Kirk, and then James. Oh, he was so fucking close. Hey, do we give him a half a point since he got two out of the four? <laughs> no, we give him... Uh, I want to give him like .75. Yeah, I mean, you were close. You just got to flip Kirk and Lars around. So close, Eric. I, oh, I, thought, I thought you were on track, dude. I'm just thinking Tennessee's. You know, it was a, it was an educated guess. Oh, I yeah. Say. I Much better than guess. just not guessing at all. We're in the bonus question. The extra credit... Scores that are worth two points, Eric. Maybe we can redeem some points here. Let's let's give it a shot. Let's see. <laughs> Bonus question number one: The late Dave Pickerel from Black and Whiskey is also known for creating this whiskey before Blackened was on his radar. I definitely would not have known this one. We and I as like a whiskey. we as a team did not even come close to this answer. Did you say he created it, or he just worked for it? According to the question, verbatim, the late Dave Pickerel from Blackened Whiskey is also known for creating this whiskey before Blackened was on his radar. So it's created. So you know, he definitely didn't create Jack Daniels because he'd be over 200 years old. Um, <laughs> so, you know. That's what we actually put on our fucking answer sheet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We couldn't Good. think I, I of anything. Here, so. Oh, it was absolutely ridiculous. We couldn't think of anything, and time was ticking. We're like, put Jack Daniels. Maybe it's a division of that, and maybe there's a 2% chance, but eh. I'm trying to think of another band's whiskey, because that's the big trend now, is like, uh, since we can't sell albums anymore because everything is digital, we create alcohol. Um, and I was trying to think of the Slipknot whiskey. Uh, so I'll just say the Slipknot whiskey, even though I don't know what it is. So I'll go with that, even though it's wrong. I didn't even know Slipknot had a whiskey. Yeah, there's his corn whiskey because where is Slipknot from? Iowa. There you go. So you know that, Jeff? Uh, sl- 
Come on, Jeff. You're a Midwest boy, Minnesota boy. I figured you'd be all over that, man. Yeah, I drink tequila, you? man. Tequila. You're Asian. It doesn't fit. Should be drinking sake. <laughs> uh, the whiskey we're looking for, Whistle Pig. That's not the name of uh, Slipknot's whiskey, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's not. I, I don't get a half point on that one. Question number two, bonus. He's, he's going to get this one. I've said that seven times now, but he's going to get this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which legendary Metallica crew member always requests bacon for the backstage catering area? The crew member or band member? Crew member. Oh, uh, I'm just going to say Big Mick. I don't know. Hey, <laughs> I told you. See, you guess it and you get it right. That's Big two Mick fucking... looks like a bacon guy to me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. What was your first clue? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. Plus two bonus points. I feel like I've regained some, but a little shred of my manhood at this point. Oh, dude, one, you're right? doing good. And this one, Eric, closes out round one of the San Francisco Metallica trivia. If you can answer one, if you give us just one of these multiple choice options you got this at the grill em all food truck in california there's a sandwich called the metallica what comes on that sandwich that sandwich sounds delicious by the way it's perfect it's got disgusting <laughs> jeff's a foodie everyone shane's simple it's a metallica disgusting. sandwich at the grill em all food truck i believe it's in the la area you just want the meat and the bread, and that's it. <laughs> Fucking right. Yeah. Um, Terrible sandwich. I'm just trying to think what I would put on a Metallica sandwich. Like, what needs to be on that sandwich? I don't know. Maybe one of the questions we asked earlier might have something to do with it. <laughs> uh, I, well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it's some it's hamburger. It's a hamburger, right? Is Correct. Hamburger. Okay, good. I got one thing right, so that gives me something. A Metallica uh, Grill Em All burger. I was I almost said Ghost Pepper, but I didn't because that would be a different band. Um, the cheese. What kind of cheese is that burger going to have on? It is a burger because our question says sandwich. It doesn't say burger. And uh, in the, It in was the asked as of... a, it's, it's a burger. Oh, okay, I was going to say because in our list of toppings, there's not burger on there. I was just I'm, clarifying because I was getting I'm sorry. confused. Stefan asked it as a sandwich, but after you realize what it is, it's it's a burger from it's the grill. A burger. Them all. Okay. Grill them all. Yeah, when, when I figure you're grilling. Well, I, I think I liked it better be when I thought that there wasn't a burger on it with just the toppings that are listed here wow, in the question. Awful. <laughs> Jeff would love it. Pizzle would love it. I would just be. Oh, off absolutely. The, I'd be off the Taco it. Bell. <laughs> Chipotle. Oh fuck yeah! Since since you guys are sounding like this burger is. Not very good. To Jeff, it is. Uh, well, Jeff liked it, but Shane, you were given a look like someone just farted in an elevator. Uh, <laughs> people could see it. Uh, so, um, loving an elevator. I'm going to say that um, uh, there is some sort of chips on it. I'm going to say barbecue chips. Okay. And I'm going to say uh, there also is because um, it's just it's making this sound like it's not very good. Uh, there is some sort of coleslaw on it. Continue. And uh, some barbecue sauce. And uh, and then uh, has uh, topped off with uh, some pickles and french fries. 
<laughs> That's a pretty bad sandwich. I think but, you said you'd give him a point if he got one of the toppings. Somehow he missed every single every one. Really. Topping. Every topping. <laughs> but no, no. He said I got a point if I got I, I got I got the most important topping. I got the meat, man. So I got to get something here. Least, I didn't even you know, know, but I didn't even know it was a burger. So I don't know how important that is. <laughs> well, he used his Colorado uh educated guest to know it was a burger because we were at Grill Mall. So I'm giving them one point. We were looking for Swiss cheese, bacon, avocado, lettuce, tomato, and red onions. Sounds delicious, right? Fucking terrible. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't that doesn't seem very unique though. I mean it's it's pretty all common topics. And the way you guys were talking about it, that's why I was guessing all these The reason topics. why it's gross is because it has lettuce and tomatoes and avocados and onions. If you just put the cheese, the bacon, the burger, and the bread, then you'd be good to go for Shane. I think Metallica needs a more unique sandwich than that. I need, I need, I need, I need yeah, they need Metallica. like a fried egg and peanut butter and jelly avocado sandwich. Something that truly is groundbreaking. Because maybe like Metallica a salad is, right? with some cut up cheeseburger in it. That's groundbreaking. Jeff, can you pull your calculator out? He needs half of these. To pass round one of jumping the fire on him podcast for all compliments of Stefan Shirazi's Metallica trivia last week. Let let me get the calculator out. All right, what am I adding up here? There was fifteen questions. He needs seven and a half to pass. You ready? Yep. Four. Yeah. Plus one. Yeah. Plus point five. What? That? That's it. Plus point seven five. Point seven five. What do we got? Six and a quarter. Ah, plus two. What? Plus two for what? Plus two. He had a bonus question. I was holding you in suspense. Eight and a quarter. Oh, I feel like I should get a round of applause. There should be some music and bells and all kinds of things going off. I I feel like we win. (laughs) Music and bells. Let's make that happen. We went from being strict and then all of a sudden. Yes. Eric, nicely done. And then all of a sudden we turned into... A circus act. A a circus act full of compassion and giving out participation awards. Hey, I'm one of those guys who says participation awards suck, but now that I get one, I... He's like, all right, all right, I'll take it this time. Participation awards are fine for adults, but not for kids. Kids need to either win or lose. But adults, I mean, let's face it. I think we do enough losing in life on a day-to-day basis. We need our W's whenever we can get them. <laughs> the extra credit plus two came through big for him with the Big Mick and Bacon question. That's what put him over the top. 8.25. That's where I was going with it when I said one of the toppings referred to the question I asked you earlier. Bacon. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I didn't even catch up on that either. I should have seen Oh, that look guy. at that. Ha, ha He said, I didn't even catch up on that. Ha, ha. We're talking Dude, about burgers. it's time to roll the night. I'm out of here. <laughs> Welcome to the Jeff Winslow Experience, everyone. <laughs> Season one, episode one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a spinoff show. Escadero, 8.25. We're going to put that up on the chalkboard, and we'll see what our guest next week does with uh, round two. See, Eric, that wasn't bad. Much better than I thought I would do. Dude. I, I just assumed with some of the gentlemen who came up with these questions that they were going to be brutal. But, you, you know, if they were fair, and <laughs> you gave me a chance. They were fair. When we got down to the last four or five, everyone in the room was like, holy shit, we're only in round one. This is going to get interesting.
it definitely got interesting to say the least. That was round one from Stefan. We'll we'll visit round two uh, next week. If you're following along, people, let us know if you like all 15 questions of Jump in the Fire. It gets a little lengthy, a little lengthy, but uh, people messaged in and wanted to hear them all. So that's what we're going to do. So in the spirit of the 40th and since we started talking about what major song we want to hear Metallica play next. They played Fixer. They've played Escape. We want to know what are some of people's favorite cover songs because Shane and I agreed that Astronomy would be the song that we would want to hear next. So in the spirit of that, we kind of feel like, all right, well, it's a cover song. Let's go back to the garage. Let's dig deep. Let's come up with some of our favorite cover songs because obviously Metallica is notorious for doing that. And, and kind of share with our audience what we like to listen to, what our favorite covers are. Also inspired by emails and messages we get about what do you guys listen to outside of Metallica? So we thought we'd uh, visit this as we close out season six and go into season seven. What are we even calling this? The The garage remains the same? The the covers yeah. song? What are, you, what are you going with, Jeff? I like the garage remains the same. That's, that's, a, okay. great, that's a great title. And we have a stipulation. You can only have one Metallica song out of your five? If you choose so, yes. If you decide that you're going to choose uh, a song that Metallica has covered, you can only choose one in, in that list. Okay. Because we have we have some, some coming up that maybe are a little bit more focused on Metallica themselves. So we okay. wanted to kind of limit this one and, you know, think outside the box a little bit. Well, since you came up with it, how about uh, you take it away? Eric can follow you, and then I'll uh, close it up. So, are we going? Are we going a list? We're five each, right? Yes. And so we're going number five. Each of us number five, number four, number three, and up to our number one. Basically, what we think is the greatest cover song of all time. Yeah, greatest favorite. It, it doesn't matter. Just kind of your. That's what I was gonna do. I was gonna start at five and work my way up. But are we going Casey Kasem on us here? Yeah, let's counting down the top five. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's not in a numerical order of priority. I just have five this week. But I have okay. a th- I have a theme with mine as well. So Shane's will not be in order. Mine will be going from five to one. Five to one. Um, some of them are a little bit newer. Some of them are a little bit older. But I really dug deep. I put together a ridiculous list. I even put in five honorable mentions in case I decided to change it at the last minute. A certain whoa, song. whoa, bro. We're already at an hour and twenty. Just slow down. Oh no, no, I'm bit. not going to mention all those. I just meant like I had oh, those okay. there in case I was like, ah, oh, maybe I might want to switch one out because there was, you know, there's so many covers, you know. Okay. Anyways, so I'll start at number five. Uh, this might come to a surprise to some people. It's actually a new cover, but there is a band out there called From Ashes to New, and they did a rap cover, a Dr. Dre song called Forget About Dre. And it's amazing to hear a rock band do a song like that because, I mean, I've heard plenty of bands do pop songs, rap songs, but when you do someone as iconic as like Dr. Dre and Eminem, to me, that is, and when you do it right, it's something that I feel... It's called in, Ashes to New? From Ashes to New. From Ashes to I gotta check that yeah. out. Yeah, they're actually... they're Basically, they're like the modern-day Linkin Park. Okay. They have a little bit of that, like, you know, kind of rapping how Linkin Park did it, but a lot of, you know, very Chester-like vocals. Their music is very, you know, modern-day Linkin Park-ish. Cover and Dre. Yeah, and it's, it's a great cover. Um, the next cover... 
is a song called If I Die Tomorrow by Motley Crue. And the oh, nice. And the band that covered it is actually a country group called Florida Georgia Line. Now, some people might be really surprised by that one because it's country, but for some reason, I love that cover. I'm going to shock you, and you don't know this. I've seen Florida Line live. Really? Florida Georgia Line live. Mystic Lake Casino. I mean, they're not my favorite group. They have a few songs that I like, but their cover of that song is truly, it's its done really well. I think, I think Motley would be happy with it. Time has gone, still seems so unclear, cause there's no one else since I found you. That's a good choice. I've heard it. It's great. Yeah, you know, it definitely has a country vibe, but they kept a, you know, they kept it a little bit more rock and they tuned it down a little bit lower than Crew does it, and it, it has a good vibe to it. Eric, you a Crew fan? I'm kinda. Gotta have some respect for the Crew. Last time I saw Crew, though, I had a really bad experience. Um, they were really, really really bad i mean they're really old i was just gonna say was your experience hearing vince neal sing every fourth word singing yeah, my heart big mac 305 yeah <laughs> skydive arrow <laughs> i thought he was gonna have a heart attack three or four times during the show uh and the funny thing is i uh the following week i was in southern california and i was uh i saw a metallica tribute band out there and I, uh, the band that opened for them was a Motley Crue tribute band, and the, the tribute band was much better than actual Motley Crue. Oh, I believe it. Everybody's heard Vince. He's he's on the way out. He needs to just retire while he still has his squillions and squillions. She's got the kill. <laughs> <laughs> Shout at your grandma. I mean, Joan Jett will be the only artist slash band that will sound phenomenal on that bill the rest of them i've seen videos of joan jet live she still has it the rest of them do not brett michaels out fucking def leppard musically out or in but vocally i don't know joe elliott is kind of on the way out and mama's fallen angel <laughs> shane's feeling it tonight he's getting down with no. to get down we should have done a kill karaoke you have no idea tonight. how much poison i can fucking rock Kill 'em all karaoke. <laughs> Fallen Kill em karaoke. A- two best poison songs. No one knows. Fallen Angel and Sexual Thing. Hey, Fallen Angel is good. I'm just glad you didn't say every rose. No. They're their songs that are half way decent are no singles. Yeah. Fallen and, Angel, Sexual Thing. And CC DeVille always had hell of a guitar tone. CC's a fucking good lead guitarist. I don't hundred percent says. Hundred percent. I think he's I think he's one of the most underrated guitar players. And he fucked Debbie Gibson. <laughs> I mean Fact. and he Yeah, so I mean Fact. He might be a goat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming in at number three. Stairway to Heaven covered by Mastodon. I also want to give a shout out to okay. Great White because they did an amazing cover for their uh, Great Zeppelin live album. But Mastodon's cover of Stairway to Heaven is absolutely phenomenal. The the drummer Bron Daler sings the song. I mean, it is done so incredibly well. Good choice. Impressive. 
Um, at number two, Gimme Shelter. You know, the good old classic Rolling Stones song. Puddle of Mud covered it on their... Um, they did a covers re- cover record called... Uh, I think it was called Rediscovered. They do a bunch of amazing covers. And what's great is because it's kind of a sleeper cover, as I want to call it. Because people write it off because they're like, oh, Puddle of Mud, you know, whatever. You know, they, they kind of got a bad name for themselves as time went on. But yeah, that- we opened for them. It was a horrible day. <laughs> remember that day? I do remember that day like it was yesterday. That was quite the day. That cover and that record is actually really, really good. There's something to be said about it. Um, I encourage anybody that has never heard it to go out and listen to that cover or that record. I don't think I've heard it. Puddle of Mud covers the stones. Yeah, they cover Stones, they cover Elton John, Tom Petty, uh, all sorts of artists on that record. Billy Squire, really good stuff. Coming in at number one, this one I really had to think about because when I thought about what makes a cover song you know, truly great or legendary, it's not just a band that does it well, but does it to the point of you thinking that it's their song. For example, You Really Got Me by Van Halen. Everyone knows that that is a cover song but when you hear that first riff i mean that is an iconic riff and majority of people probably think it's a van halen song so coming in at number one my favorite cover of all time is all along the watchtower by Jimi hendrix hold hold on yeah it was it was done by bob dylan it was done by bob dylan i also want to i also want to give a big shout out to dave matthews band as well because their cover just that they've done over the years i almost picked that one but jimmy's is it's got to be number one there must be some kind of way out of here don't take this the wrong way but hell with you because that was my number one too was it really yes yes Yes. All, all, all on the watchtower because I I agree with Jeff. On it's the greatest Hill. cover of all time. Well, when I think of it is like if you cover like I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that the cover is so good that no one knows it's a cover song. Yeah, that's that's really the next echelon of cover songs. And then you started like you started off with some of these ones that weren't ones I know of, and I thought oh maybe I need to go there because I was literally thinking so hard about this maybe I should switch up my list and go with. Because I struggle with this as well, but Jim, there isn't even the question. Jimi Hendrix, all along the Watchtower, is the greatest cover song of all time, and it ain't close. So, Jeff, it's Hendrix or Van Halen? No, 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 Hendrix. I just used You Really Got Me as an example, but okay. it is All Along the Watchtower by Hendrix. Unbelievable. Yeah, that is, that is my all-time cover, because, I mean... And I almost picked You Really Got Me because Van Halen 1 is a legendary record for me. It's very monumental in it, with music for me. But I I don't know. There's just something about Watchtower that every time I hear it, it's... That's, that's, I don't that's know. a solid list. You, what, you, Puddle of Mud, From Ashes to New, Florida, Georgia Line, Mastodon, and Hendrix. I wanted some variety, and I that's why I started with something like From Ashes to New and worked my way up, because I've had a feeling that there that were, you know... ultimate variety. Wait till we get to mine. Oh, boy. I can't wait for this. If <laughs> I think you're going to have some good ones. I think you're going to have some good ones. Before we get to me, we're going back to 5,297 feet. What do you got there, E-squared? Okay, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat because I have a tie at number five. Wow. Right. Okay, I like this. 
By the way, Jeff did not have a Metallica song tonight. And I'm and I'm not going to do one either because there's so many great covers and and we're going to do something a little different. You guys are doing something a little different. So well said. My tie and the, well, I'm starting off with like songs I'm really into, and then I'm going to get kind of like Jeff. I'm going to get into bands that are truly ep- songs that are really epic that no one knows are covers. So tied at number five is uh, Soundgarden's cover of Black Sabbath "Into the Void." Yes, and it's on a nice. great album from uh, from Echo of Miles. Uh, it's like basically all these tracks of Soundgarden songs. Nice pick. That is yeah. a great pick. Excellent. It, and it's a really, really incredible cover. If you're into Black Sabbath and you're into kind of the, the grungy Soundgarden, like drag you through the mud and yep. your ass. And I love Chris that. Cornell's just freaking like bone grinding vocals that dude just had uh, just this snarl to him i mean nobody's ever been able to do it like him so tied at number five with that song is the slayer's dissident aggressor which is a cover of a judas priest judas priest yep and uh it's it's and i just couldn't decide between those two so i'm gonna cheat a little bit uh on that five number four is a song that everyone thinks is their original song it's a hairband uh, and they really, it's not their original song, but it had a real big impact, I think, on people getting into metal, getting into rock back in the day, getting into metal. And that is Quiet Riot's Come On, Feel the Noise, which was originally sung by Slade. But, yep. I never knew that. I never knew that. I, I should. Oh, man. I can't believe I didn't think it. Because that's, again, that's one of those legendary songs that you hear it and everyone thinks that it's a Quiet Riot song. Oh, man. And, that is. Eric, say the band who whose song it is. I I, I never Slade. knew this. It's a band called Slade, and they were like a '70s English like glam band. Yep. And I was reading about because I was researching this a little bit just so I know a little bit what I was talking. Never about. knew that. That's cool. And and apparently when Quiet Riot recorded "Come On Feel the Noise," they didn't want to do it, and so they were so pissed off about having to do it that they went in the studio and they recorded it in one tank take and actually tried to screw it up on purpose so it wouldn't make the album. And they still put it on the album, and it became their most iconic. I was going to say, it became the biggest thing they've ever done. The more you know. Yeah, there you go. Uh, My number three is a band I've never seen live, and I'm going to see live for the first time in August in Washington, D.C. And I've wanted to see them for years, and I'm dying. I can't wait to see them. Uh, It's a cover song by Rage Against the Machine. Uh, it was originally sung by Bruce Springsteen. All right. And it's called Ghost of Tom Joe. All oh, right. Man. I'm out on this one. I'm out on I'm out on the boss and I'm out on Rage. Oh, that's <laughs> your thing. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Eric, I've seen Rage twice. You're going to fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to remember something about music and all your listeners. Is that hey, that's all right. We could, I, we could, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I'd much rather listen to Springsteen than Rage. So it's all okay. good. <laughs> well, music's like, music's art. We could both walk into a museum, and I'll look at it and say that, that art's a piece of trash. Shane will look at it and say it's awesome. Then we'll go to the next painting, and we'll agree, and we'll disagree, and that's okay. It's art. It's all perspective. Yeah. Love so you guys it. already know my number one because it was Jimi Hendrix all along the Watchtower. So the one I only have one left is my number two, and it's a song that another song that people are going to think they sang, but actually they weren't the original singers of it, and it's an iconic song. And it's Led Zeppelin's Days and Confused. And it was nice. originally sung by Jake Holmes who ended up suing Led Zeppelin for $1 million, and it was settled out of court. Holy Led shit. Zeppelin wasn't the original singers of Days and Confused. You know what's crazy is I'm a song. huge Led Zeppelin fan. Absolutely love Zeppelin, and I don't think I ever knew that. I'm sure my dad probably told me when I was younger, and if he's listening, he's probably going to be kicking my ass. But I don't think, like hearing that, I'd, 
I didn't realize that that was a cover song. I knew it was a cover, but if you would have said Jake Holmes, I'd have been like, who the hell are you talking about? I, I feel dazed and confused now that I, like, I don't think I ever realized that. And I love that song. That song has almost like a, a Sabbath-y vibe to it. Just kind of that sludgy, you know what I mean? When it kicks in. Man, Zeppelin was great. Eric, you did your homework. That is a that is a, a great list. top five. Soundgarden, Slayer, Quiet Riot, never knew about that. Rage, Hendrix, and Zeppelin. Doesn't get any more. That's iconic, classic, That's... and Hall of Famers. Yeah, that it doesn't get any better than that. Well, you know what? When you come on you guys' podcast, when you come on this podcast, you better bring it. You better bring it. I felt with some pressure I needed to bring some something your listeners could learn something new. And you know what? You definitely brought it, and I think it. listeners are going to get a real a real good kick out of these lists. Out of these lists. Not only are listeners going to get a kick out of my list, you too, not the band, but you too, are going to get a hell of a laugh out of this list. I'm ready for this. I've been curious to see what you came up with. Didn't take me long to come up with it because I have a I have a theme for this gentleman. The theme is all five of these songs, when I heard them in my early years of life, I thought they were originals, not covers. Oh, okay. All five thought these were the actual songs from these bands or artists. This will be good. In no particular order, I do have a Metallica song. I will save that till the end. How's that sound? Sounds good. Guns and Roses, Live and Let Die. Oh, yeah. Origi- that was on my alternative. That was on my alternative list. It almost made my list. So That's a great choice. cover. When you were young and your heart was an open book. You used to say, live and let live. But if this ever changed. Use your illusion one when you listen to that, or two for that matter, because there's knocking on heaven's door, things like that. Yep. Live and Let Die is straight up an Axl Rose song. Who thought it was Paul McCartney? Right. And his wife, and they call themselves the Wings. Yeah, Wings, yep. Never knew that. I thought for years Live and Let Die was a GNR song until literally the late 90s, and someone's like, oh, I love that Beatles song. I'm like, huh? You're like, wait a minute, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> it's a great song. Great cover. Great song live. Eric's probably heard that at Mile High Stadium. I, I have. After he, Axel got thrown out of the limo. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Actually, I left that show early, but that's for another day. <laughs> oh, that's for, that's for part two. Are you ready for song two, Jeff? Yes. Van Halen, You've Really Got Me. Attaboy, yeah, see, that iconic song where it's you think it's them. But it's actually the Kinks, and I played air drums to that as I stole my brother's cassette and played along with that in my Fisher-Price cassette player at about the age of seven or eight. Yep, see, one of those early fundamental influential songs. And when I think about that song, part of that song is the Eruption solo. Yeah. 
Eruption goes into that on that record. Yep. So I thought that in, intro of All Eruption was part of that song. Was and then that the, song? That makes when sense. When you tell me it's not Van Halen, I'm like, what are you talking about? That's Eddie, dude. No one yeah, else like can that. fucking play that. <laughs> yeah, listen to that guitar tone when that riff kicks in. There's only one. <laughs> Unbelievable. Song number three, and this is because I had a, remember back in the day when we burned CDs, gentlemen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You'd, you'd, you'd go over to your friend's house because it's like, dude, he's got a CD burner. We're getting some good shit here. I was the CD burner, man. I burned CDs for my friends. I never knew because these tracks were cut up and you didn't hear the banter before or after the songs. Nirvana's Unplugged in New York, The Man Who Sold the World from David Bowie. Oh, man. Damn, you're digging deep here. That is a great song, and for the longest time, I didn't see the the New York footage or had the proper CD. So at the end of that song, Cobain actually goes, that was a David Bowie song. never had that on my cd so i'm like so you thought it was that's a fucking nirvana song and hate to admit this i found that out about five years ago (laughs) oh man was your world turned upside down (laughs) i was like that is that's such a cobain tune how is that david bowie that just goes to show you how well they did a cover of it it was very well done and it was their style and i've never been into bowie i've never yeah, I mean, Bowie had Dove some songs, into, but yeah, I was Yeah. Yeah. Ziggy Stardust. <laughs> Never dove deep into to Bowie at all. Song number four. And I'm going to show you this on the screen because I had no time to do this while you guys were talking. Jimi Hendrix, All Along the Watchtower. He's not lying. Oh, my God. Yes. A three-way tie on that. That is so... Perfect. How did we come up with that tonight? Is when you guys said that, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Great minds think alike. <laughs> I saw both your guys' reactions when I said it too, and I didn't know if you guys were like surprised that I picked that song or I didn't I know just, what was it was so cool. It's because that is it is. That is the ultimate cover song. My older brother, he's probably listening, what's up, bro? Loved Hendrix, and so I was kind of forced into learning the shit so him and I could jam. He plays guitar. Yeah. So I wasn't the biggest Hendrix fan because I was already I was already in that kind of eighties hair metal like <laughs> Poison, Motley, Quiet Riot, right. G and R, that then Metallica came and I was in that phase, so he's like, dude, you gotta listen to Hendrix, you gotta listen to Hendrix. And I'm like, most of the Hendrix stuff I'm listening to is it's okay, but it's not really doing much for me. But when I heard Watchtower for for many years later, I'm like, that's totally Hendrix. And then mm-hmm. I think I stumbled across Dylan's version somewhere, and I'm like, what? How is that not Jimmy? That's that's like Jimmy's Enter Sandman. I swear, like it's it's that song. I I, I still to this day I I feel like it's a Jimmy song. Like when you see a documentary on Hendrix or a or a commercial. It's usually a, a, a Watchtower riff in that or little, if you see, like, promo, you know? 
Exactly. Or if you see any movie, video game, yeah. commercial, or anything that's from Vietnam or has to do with Vietnam, you hear all along the Watchtower. It's in so many that's Vietnam period era like movies and, and commercials. There must be and, some way out of here. If, if you guys did a show, and this is something James Hetfield would probably love, if you guys did a show on the most iconic riffs in rock metal history. Good idea. I mean, that riff in... Oh, I'd be top five for sure. Yeah. I mean, Top it, five, it, easily. That's why that song is so iconic. It's just the riff is just... I mean, it literally just you catches you every time. You know? 100%. I mean, and, and I also, every time I hear that song, though, I feel I feel like I should be walking through the jungle because it's been associated so much with Vietnam. Exactly. Sure. Like, I just, I, I get that feeling, you know? It's like, I don't know. You feel like you should be in platoon or something. <laughs> Jeff, you're onto something with this Garage Remains the Same project. This is cool. I'm digging this. It's fun. Uh, I was allowed one Metallica song, a song I thought was Metallica's for about a year in seventh grade. Blitzkrieg. Oh, I thought you were going to say bread fan. <laughs> nope. I knew the bread fan story, but uh, we always talk about how the early versions of Kill 'em All had MI Evil and Blitz on them. Yep. And thought those were tracks 11 and 12 on Kill 'em All. And Blitzkrieg is still... a Metallica song. Still in my head when I hear it, it's hard to think of Blitzkrieg was performed by Blitzkrieg. Yeah, no, I still to this day, much like Watchtower or You Really Got Me, I hear Blitzkrieg and I automatically think it's a Metallica song. You know, it is amazing. Like your list legitimately, truly to the core is songs that probably most people in their life have heard and thought were the bands that were covering it. I mean, those... They're very legendary covers. I mean, and they're, dude, that's they're a big great bands list. too. You guys had mostly big bands, but Guns N' Roses, Van Halen, Nirvana, Hendrix, I mean, Metallica. Yeah, the biggest of the big. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than the ones you named. Let us have peas. Let us have rice. Peas and rice. Blitzkrieg lyrics, everyone. The more you know. That is a hell of a list, all three of them. Uh, I encourage everybody to go and listen to these covers. If you've never heard them in your life, I'm sure majority of them you have heard. But if you haven't, definitely check them out. When you have three guys on a podcast that have barely ever met talking about All Along the Watchtower and two of you talk about Van Halen without discussing anything. Anything. That's a sign of a pretty good fucking new segment, boys. It sure is. And before we wrap up this episode, we have to do one quick segment with Whoa. Eric. I thought we were, what'd we forget? In voting for all. Ooh. So we got to close out with in voting for all. We had a hell of a list. Who's but... better, Peyton Manning or John Elway? Hey, dude, I love John <laughs> Elway. That was John Elway was the first quarterback I was ever truly into when I was a kid. Eric Elway or Peyton? Well, amazing you, I'm not a Broncos fan, even though I live in Denver. I'm a Rams fan. But that's Whoa. A story. Oh, but I, a uh, Kurt Warner. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. He's, 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 he's literally a god. I go, I'm going to go see the movie. I, I'm such a Chiefs Kurt Warner fan here. But anyway, um, <laughs> I've seen Elway and I've seen Peyton live. Elway had much better physical skills. Okay. But as far as true quarterback and playing the position and everything that's about, I don't think it's that close. I think it was a lot better. I think it would have been more fair to compare Elway and Marino together. 
Because no, compare... no, no, no. We got to talk Denver, dude. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, I understand, but I mean, but do does anybody really? I mean, I know he finished off there, but does anyone really associate Peyton with the Broncos? Yes. Does anybody really associate Brady with the Bucks? No, it's Omaha, it's the, Omaha, it's the Patriots Omaha. and the Colts. I mean, let's face it; that's what we always think of when we think of those two QBs. It's all about the Omaha, right, Eric? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's it's basic it's based on where you live, Jeff. You live in Minnesota, you're a little closer to Indianapolis. You're a Midwestern guy. I do like the I'm Colts in, while I liked them with Peyton. Yeah, so of course you're gonna think of them that way. I live in Denver, so I I, mean, I think of them as both. Yeah. Uh but but I think that there are people who will a lot of people remember players by the last uniform they wore. Fair not enough. The first uniform they wore. Fair enough. And so, because it's your most recent memory, so I think a lot of people will think of Peyton as a Bronco. Um, but uh, I mean, let's face it we still we still think of Kevin Garnett as a as a Timberwolf. 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 My last memory of him is like going crazy on TV when he won the championship with the Celtics. Yeah, I was about to say with Boston. He, yeah, yeah, and he said. Uh, uh, every anything is possible, and I thought he was going to start eating people's faces. He was just acting really not very sane at that point. But ah, he was like excited. He knew he was going to be in an Adam Sandler movie in a few years. I've flown KG. Don't tell anyone. Not a kind soul. Uh, yeah, I I have a couple family members that met KG back in the day, and he was yep. not very nice. Not not a cool dude. Hell of a player, Hall of Famer, but the few times I flew him, not impressed. Wasn't humble like the Black Mamba. Black Mamba and flying is a sore subject. It, it sure is. Real quick, we got to get back to our voting for all. I do have an actual vote. It is the best live debut. Is it Escape or is it Fixer? Wow. And voting for all, going for debuts. I was at both those shows. Dude, you saw Escape at Orion, Eric? Yes. Oh, I'm jealous. That's where I met all the Colorado Metallica crew. I'll make it a quick story because I know we can't do this podcast forever. But I met the Colorado Metallica, the biggest fans in Colorado, Metallica. I was getting on a plane to Philadelphia, and the then head of the Metallica chapter was standing in front of me. He had a Metallica shirt on. And I just tapped him. I said, hey, man, you going to the show? And this dude handed out cards. And he's like, you should come to one of our parties. So cool. you know how things are just meant to be. You meet people and so on. If that wouldn't happen... I wouldn't have met some of the greatest friends I've ever met in my life, the Metallica family. Nice. And I wouldn't be on you guys' podcast because if I didn't know those guys, I wouldn't be here. So all those things happened. Nice. So we would get here. And I think that the hype was much higher and there was much more happiness for Metallica fans after Fixer than Escape, even though, I, gosh, I, it's hard for me but... Uh, because I love, I actually like Escape. A lot of people hate that song. I, I think James Hetfield described it as he thinks it sounds like a disco song. I don't know if that was James who said that. I, I know it was someone in Metallica who said that. Um, it's tough for me, but uh, as I think about it out loud, I think Fixer is the one that got more hype. Jeff? Shane? Oh. Um, <laughs> I, I would have to go with Fixer as well. I think Escape overall on a grand scale sounded better, but I definitely was more excited and hyped for Fixer. I'm going with the debut of Shane listening to Trapped Under Ice. <laughs> I mean, nothing will top that. Uh, another three-way tie along with Jimi Hendrix. Escape we knew was coming. I wasn't there, Eric. I've never heard Escape. 
you are one lucky man. But I think the anticipation when the tape to Fixer started, that's that's what made it special because it was just the anticipation and the big question mark of the weekend. And on a scale of 1 to 10, I gave it an 8 for how they pulled it off. Not an easy song. Nope. And I honestly don't think it's going to happen again. So I'm going with Fixer. That's a good, that's a good I, choice. I disagree with you, Shane, when you say they're not going to happen, happen again. I think they put that much work into rehearsing it. I wouldn't be shocked if they played it at the next Metallica show. And James Vegas. is like, I, we, I ain't going out singing it like that. I hope you're right, Eric. I enjoyed it for multiple. I hope you're right. I just I just see that as like a one and done. I'm going to the Vegas show. I hope if any of the listeners see me there, come holler at me. Hopefully I'll see one of you two or both of you gentlemen there. And I hope I get to hear it again. Why not? I hope you're right. And if we do, we're going to have a, a three-way bromance hug. <laughs> Wearing our Jimi Hendrix shirts. Eric, awesome discussion tonight all the way from the Mile High City. Jeff, awesome segment with the garage remains the same. That was a lot of fun. Here we hell are. Of a, hell of an episode tonight, gentlemen. An hour and 50 minutes. We've talked about too many things to remember. It's going to be we a hell knew of it was going to be a lot. To, to edit. And in the beginning, when I talked about the set list being a, a her or a she, I gave you guys the assignment of coming up with a name for my dream no more live set do you have an answer um i i do um you're gonna name her something exotic it's gonna be joanna exotic (laughs) carol baskins i like that i think that's the winner it's going yeah that's just that's just one right there okay since i came up with it you you both have to go buy a 17 dollar Push one pin, Pins. fixer pin from the uh, Lords of Merch boys. And when you get off this episode, make sure to give us a seven star review. None of that, none of that five star shit. Jeff, do you have anything else to say? I don't. We crammed a lot into Ooh, it's kind a of a kind of a long episode, but you know what? This was part three of the fortieth. It deserved a special send off. Eric, anything else to add from the Mile High City? You know what? Uh, it's awesome to be on the show with you guys. And, uh, you know, when you come to Denver, I hope you guys will look up our Facebook uh, page, our chapter, Welcome Home Colorado. Like the page. And uh, so you have some buds. When you come to Metallica for a show, you can meet up with us. And uh, we always like to have uh, a strangers who are not strangers, our Metallica fans, come and party with us anytime there's a show in Denver. You said buds. Now, are you talking about friends or smoke? <laughs> you know what? It is Denver, so it, you know you never know. He said both. I, I said like both. The sound of that. Anything goes. That's a Guns N' Roses song, by the way. Sure is. Jeff, I will uh, see you next week. Eric, thanks again. We will see you soon, buddy. Thanks for everything, guys. It's great to be on your podcast. Thanks again, Eric. We will see you soon. Well, goodbye, guys. <laughs>